impressive history in hydropower, Startcraft has grown into a European leader within renewable energy. But how are they working in the ever-evolving energy markets today? According to their annual report for 2015, they expect to see changes in the value chain and increased competition to remain competitive. This is the topic of this episode of PodCraft, and I'm joined by Executive Vice President of Market Operations and IT at Startcraft, Dr. Jürgen Choppe. Welcome, Jürgen. Thank you. Uh, to kick off, in your opinion, what are the driving forces in the global energy market today? I think we see at the same time uh, two major developments. One is on the technology side, where we actually observe with great interest that technology prices on alternatives to the classical uh, power generation technologies are emerging and uh, coming close in prices and uh, bypass classical technologies depending on the market. That's a technology perspective. Uh, there is another perspective, which is actually the perspective of the customers. And they have increasingly options to choose, and, they, uh, and that is actually building and, and developing their opinions about how energy should be produced and used. Uh, and they will increasingly become an active participant in the market. And that is an, uh, almost a, a bottom-up revolution that we see. Mm. Uh, building on that perspective, uh, I get the impression that you put the... Co- consumer or customer at the center of, of attention for much of your uh, ongoing development. Is that a, also a realization that with the changes and disruption, disruption you mentioned that traditional utilities no longer can take their customers for granted? They have other alternatives. Yeah, uh, again, uh, many different cases here. There will, of course, also in the long run be a lot of customers that have a uh, strong cost perspective on things and want to have cheap power to their home or to their facility. Uh, And that will be a major part of the market, no doubt. But there will be uh, others who simply start developing their own ideas and uh, they will suddenly behave differently. And that is very difficult, I think, to capture if you're just following the classical retail or any other type of classical customer approach. Mm. And then thirdly, there will be those uh, uh, that were on the uh, on the list of uh, uh, utilities as future customers, and they may, may never be because they are choosing alternative ways. They will, may never connect. And then there, there are large parts of populations in, in many countries which have no electricity today. They will have electricity in the future, but there is no utility involved. Uh, how can uh, Southcraft, as a major power producer, exploit these changes that you d- just described uh, commercially? Yeah, this is very interesting. Uh, um, our classical model here, which is uh, producing power and selling it, um, uh, is a model that will continue to be very, very important for us. But we are plugging in additional elements here. Uh, and one of the major elements that we are currently spending a lot of uh, effort on is actually to provide what we call market access for all sorts of new participants into the electricity market. That could be simply distributed generation facilities, and that could also be uh, other active elements, batteries, people who simply want to uh, navigate their smart home or things like that. And uh, that is a new uh, area of activity where we are going in with, uh, depending on the country, small to big steps. Um. You're also responsible for for IT operations at at Startcraft. In in my opinion, IT and energy are becoming increasingly intertwined. Um, Automatic net meters in in Norway uh, is one example being a 
uh, put into use by 2019. Uh, is that an assessment that you agree with? And, and if so, uh, uh, how does Startcraft work to sort of digital digitalize your uh, operations? Uh, I think this is a area which is currently still heavily underestimated. Um, the the debate about smart meters, I think, is not covering it remotely, to be honest. Um, the concept of smart meters is basically to have an interface into people's home um, and to be able to control additional parameters and maybe actively control devices as well. Um, uh, but the minimum setting of a smart meter is uh, um, is not able to cover the full range. At the same time, there are parallel developments and uh, other companies are producing devices which are then controlling smart homes without a smart meter. <laughs> uh, so uh, the smart meter is not really the, the, the main element for me. If you look at the possibilities that uh, the digitalized environment is providing, uh, this has several elements uh, from online data to uh, uh, new data which is provi provided by sensors, the so-called Internet of Things, uh, uh, new uh, algorithms, artificial intelligence, and uh, the whole range of possibilities that uh, the cloud is providing. Uh, so I think this is revolutionizing and turning the way energy is being uh, managed uh, bottom-up not necessarily at the end customer's uh, site, at least not um, as far as we are involved, but we are revolutionizing our own way of working uh, and, and make use of uh, what is often referred to as big data. But you won't see it as an end customer from day one on. <laughs> um, a few months ago, uh, Startcraft opened the first battery storage facility in, in Niedersachsen in, in Germany. Uh, is this a first step into the battery storage market or uh, is it uh, something you do to uh, gain knowledge of of the of, of battery storage what, what is your uh, what, what are your intentions by uh, <laughs> by opening such a facility yeah we, um, what we are currently doing and that battery is one of uh, several activities here is to set out satellites and see uh, how, what they do to the market and whether this is scalable technology um, this battery that we have set out, uh, I'm quite happy to say that I'm optimistic it will actually be paid back. Uh, it is uh, predominantly targeting a very specific reserve market that we have in Central Europe. Um, and uh, there I think this will simply be a profitable investment. Um, it may, however, turn out to be more of a learning effect than a real profitable investment uh, because uh, this technology is also progressing very fast. I think batteries are a scalable technology. Uh, whether scale will go into utility scale or more distributed, perhaps even people's home applications, that remains yet to be seen. And we will for sure participate in that, but not necessarily with utility scale investments. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned that you already give people access to, to energy markets. Uh, could you explain how does, in, in, in a bit more detail, how does that actually work in, 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 in practice? Yeah, I can give you some examples here. Um, uh, one business line that we are following in Germany at the moment uh, is uh, helping customers that own generation, but then it's wind generation, solar generation, biomass of smaller scale. Um, and they have a need to participate in the market due to regulation. 
and here they don't want to build up of course their own trading floor or uh, similar activities but they need agents in between and we are helping them to do that and uh, there's, this is a big market and it's uh, a lot of competition out there and we are uh, one of several but I think fairly successful at this moment uh, to basically provide the best offer to these people. What, what is counting for, uh, for such uh, services is ba basically the total package, including being a credible partner, uh, being stable, being available in the long run, uh, because these investments are investments for 15, 20 years, and the financing banks would like to see somebody who is around also tomorrow. Mm. Um, uh, you mentioned solar as an example. Last year I, I interviewed you interviewed you about Startcraft looking into um, solar energy. At the time, you'd, you'd chosen two different strategies to, to increase uh, your activity, um, either to build and sell solar plants but remain in the role as an operator or install uh, panels on commercial buildings and sign uh, power purchase agreements with the owner of, of the building. Uh, a few months after that interview, you um, established a, a joint venture in, in India using more or less the, the second model I described. Uh, what is StarCraft doing uh, within solar at the moment? What, what are your plans going forward? Now we are still following these two main tracks, uh, plus a third one. Uh, uh, which which indeed, is? Uh, where the third one would be more going towards uh, utility-scale uh, investments. And here we are, we are having a project in, in Brazil that combines wind and solar, and we are considering such an investment. And uh, we think generally that in such countries it could be attractive for us to broaden the, the technology uh, spectrum a bit. Um, uh, but the main uh, other activities really go into these directions that you mentioned before, and we are moving ahead. It's not going as fast as it possibly could be, but uh, we are quite uh, proud to have done the first investment in India, of course, uh, close the contract there of, uh, of some size, and we are now investing into the corresponding facilities. And we have a lot more in the pipeline, but uh, it doesn't materialize, of course, all within a day. So mm. this is one thing. And we are, we're doing the same in other countries. Um, we had to stop it also in, in some regions, like for the UK, in the UK, for instance, uh, it turned out to be um, uh, hit by a regulatory change that makes this model unfeasible. And then obviously we will not c carry on. Uh, we are looking at new markets uh, at the same time. Uh, is, it, is it possible to be give a bit more details on the, the project in Brazil when you have a, um, a final in, um, investment decision or, or more details about the size of the, of the uh, utility scale project? Yeah, this is not huge. It, um, um, it is an um, addition to an existing wind farm in right. a way. Um, and uh, I can't give you details at this moment because we have not uh, simply decided for ourselves at what time we will be able to take such an investment. But at least you're considering it. We are considering yeah. it, absolutely. Uh, last year, uh, you launched uh, a venture capital unit uh, who looks to invest in, in what, at least what the website describes as outstanding entrepreneurs looking to disrupt energy markets. W what has come out of the, the venture uh, division so far? Um, uh, we are following here a business plan that has a perspective in the order of 10 years. So um, uh, within that period, we should uh, more or less halfway uh, have a break-even point in terms of uh, payback, and, and uh, that comes from divestments again. In this moment, we are in the build-up phase. We have done a, a major investment last year in a company called Tado. They are in the smart home uh, uh, domain, um, and uh, something 
a bit like the American Nest company, perhaps. Uh, we think with uh, clearly better technology. <laughs> um, and we are uh, at this moment very close to the next transaction in this portfolio. Uh, it's a very exciting activity, uh, not just for the deals that we are closing, but also for the totality of opportunities that we get on the table. Uh, and uh, we are um, screening, seriously screening, uh, several hundred opportunities every year, uh, which means this provides a great overview of what is actually happening in the energy domain. And we have a very active internal discussion about this as well to, uh, in order to understand what is happening and take it in also as a learning aspect. Mm. The activity as such is, of course, for profit, and we follow this track, and uh, I'm very happy about this. Uh, ret returning home to, to Norway for, for the final questions, a lot, of, a lot of the examples that you mentioned uh, are taken from Startcraft's international uh, activity. Uh, does that imply that future growth will primarily be outside of Norway, or how do you see this development and some of the, um, the services you already offer um, uh, will apply in, in Norway, if, if they will at all? Um, What makes sense uh, in one country doesn't make necessarily sense in all the others. So we, we like concepts that we can roll out globally, but some of them don't work in every country. And it's the same for Norway. What makes a lot of sense for Norway and what we're currently following up are uh, concepts in the domain of uh, biofuels, in the domain of bio uh, wood chips, for instance, that we are uh, buying and producing here in Norway and then uh, selling to facilities, for instance, that burn them in, in old coal generators, uh, converting them to renewable. Um, these kind of activities make a lot of sense for Norway. Equally, uh, investigating possibilities in hydrogen, uh, um, electric car charging, all these kind of activities. So uh, there's a clear focus on what makes sense for Norway and that we are following uh, very distinctly here. We also do things in Norway that we do elsewhere. For instance, uh, the whole market access activities, they are at this moment much larger in Germany and the UK, simply for the reason that uh, small-scale generation has boomed a lot earlier in those countries. Uh, but I would be very surprised if we wouldn't see some of that development also in Norway, Sweden and Finland, for instance. Uh, and indeed, at this moment, we already run a, a portfolio. It's relatively small, but uh, anyway, we run a portfolio of third-party owned uh, wind farms, uh, which we are bringing to the market as a service. Thank you very much, Jürgen, for coming on the podcast, and good luck with your future ventures in Startcraft. Thank you so much. <laughs>